It's the Early Access Podcast, episode 53. It's just Nick from Stell Shampoo. Find us live on twitch.tv slash Stell Shampoo at 8 p.m. PT and on Spotify and iTunes. It's good to be back. Uh, so producer Kuehler is not here on the show anymore. I hope that we can eventually get her back, uh, but she ended up moving out to France and uh, she doesn't have all her equipment. She doesn't even have her PS4 on her, which we kind of need. To, to play Cold War with her. So hopefully we can get her back on the show eventually, but I just decided to go on. Uh, shout out to my man Fire Punch because I am a dumbass and I started the show muted and he called me and had me unmuted, which is exactly why we need producer Kuehler back on the show uh, to check on these things for me because it's very hard to read chat and my show notes at the same time. Anyway, so the podcast has been down for about six months and I did not mean to keep it down for this long. Uh, I'm going to Get into a little deeper uh, as to what happened there and why I decided to take down the show. Originally, the Early Access podcast was supposed to be a show that I did weekly in order to keep my Twitch partnership. I found out, I didn't even know this was a thing, that I, well, first off, I applied to go to a Twitch partner party. I think this was E3 many years ago. And they ended up telling me that I couldn't go because I hadn't streamed enough leading up to the party. I didn't put enough hours in or maybe I didn't put enough days in, something like that. And to be fair, this was after the whole Evolve boom and me having a bunch of, uh, you know, viewers and followers and all that. So I'd kind of given up on streaming at this point. I still wanted to take advantage of the free beer at the parties, but that wasn't going to be a thing anymore. And so I decided to start this podcast in a way to keep myself connected to content creators um, and gaming because I do want to talk about content creation and gaming or this whole reason we call it the Early Access Podcast. But uh, I also wanted to make sure that I kept my Twitch partnership and kept getting those perks. And I also want to thank some of you. I have been streaming for the past six months. Some of you guys have been subscribed for upwards of 60 or 70 months. Uh, I've been on this platform for six, seven years at this point. I can't even keep track anymore. And so there have been a couple of people still coming by. I've been playing Pokemon Unite, which we'll talk about in a little bit. MetaZoo, it's a new card game I've been horribly addicted to. We'll talk about the Twitch boycott. Maybe we'll talk about some OnlyFans a little bit later. Uh, but first off, I want to get into where I've been for the past six months. Uh, it started off back in, I think it was October 2020, when very unfortunately, my dog passed away. And I think I brought up on the show that I was going to put all of the money I made off streaming for a couple of months towards uh, donating to the animal shelter uh, locally. And we ended up doing that. I think we raised a couple hundred bucks. Not too much, but toss it over the animal shelter. And I actually picked up a new dog from that animal shelter. Um, I think this was during the time the podcast was off. But after I picked up this new dog, um, she ended up getting into a fight with my current dog. And I was in the middle of playing Cold War. These two dogs are fighting. Uh, I get up and break it, uh, break it off. And the dog that's being attacked by the new dog ends up freaking out and biting me in the arm. Now, it wasn't horrible. I wasn't horrifically injured or maimed or anything. I didn't even have to get stitches, um, but it did hurt and it did cut me up a little bit. In fact, I went back on because I'm such a sweaty tryhard. I can't leave the boys and sat down to play more Call of Duty and I'm just bleeding all over my chair. Uh, got it all wrapped up. Didn't need to get stitches, but it like fr really freaked me out because when I was about six, we had a pit bull and pit bulls are good dogs, um, but I was a little shithead six-year-old who was sprinting around and the dog chased after me, grabbed my arm. And I don't know how many of you guys have ever seen the inside of your arm and the bone in there. 
but I did, and uh, that's that's not something I needed to uh, to process through my childhood. But uh, I went up, got stitches, still have this gnarly scar on my arm. Actually, if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash Del Shampoo, you can see the scar on my arm. And we got new graphics and music and all that stuff, so Nikki's still holding down the ship. So we have that happening, which wasn't good. We had to surrender the dog, and after I surrendered the dog, the actual original owners ended up being notified that the dog was at the shelter and then picked the dog back up and now she's back at her original home which was incredibly wholesome and I'm really glad that that's actually how it turned out. I think that's the best possible outcome out of that entire story whether or not those dogs fought. I'm glad that they uh, went out and I'm sorry maybe you can even hear him barking in the background. This guy barks at everything. So that happened um, a little bit on after that. Kuehler moved away to France and uh, that was one of the soft reasons. I really apparently do need Kuehler to run this show, uh, that we took the show off. But one of the major reasons was earlier this year, this was a significant and major uh, negative impact on my mental health. But I had found out, there's just no easy way to say this. I'm not trying to incite a witch hunt or, or get anyone to be like, yeah, Team Nikki. Um, I've just got to come out and say it. Uh, my girlfriend of two years... I had found out in a very not good way uh, was cheating on me and uh, that is completely broken off now I hadn't talked to her since that day all her shits out of my house and it was I'm not gonna lie it was it was pretty fucking terrible for about two three weeks or so I just you know it was crying before bed every night it was me just being absolutely useless I, I was still going to work but we were just going through the motions and that, that was just, I can really sympathize with everyone else who that has happened to now. I mean, I know it's a shitty thing, but when it actually happens to you, uh, that's just, that just sucks, dude. Um, I mean, there, this isn't my first, uh, instance of cheating, but I'm not going to count the time in elementary school that Gracie cheated on me because she was hanging out with Steve at the playground. We're not going to count that. This was an actual, like, two-year-long relationship, and uh, it it did not go well. Um, I, I luckily got out as well as I could. Um, I got back most of my stuff, although I'm still missing my copy of Ring Fit Adventure. But uh, that just put me in the dumps, dude. We're talking like, I'm just not eating well. I, I can't go to sleep without crying for an hour or two beforehand. Um, I had to call up some of my friends and be like, yo, dude, because th there was a mutual friend group there. Like, you got to hear you got to hear it from me before you hear it from everyone else. So um, just dealing with all that, moving all our shit out and, and the mental drain that comes with that really sucked. This was a couple months ago, and um, I had suspected it for a little bit before I had found out for sure. And I'm, I always like to think good of people. I like to think good of people that I like. I like to think good of my friends, if they have the best intentions, my coworkers, especially the person I'm dating. And so I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy to look through someone's phone or to, you know, question like, oh, where have you been? Or try to like track their phone or anything like that. I did at one point ask a question like, hey, is this going on? This is a little sus. And if I get a no, I'm the kind of guy who's like, all right, I believe you. You're on my team. This is kind of how relationships work but uh, it turned out not to be that way which now i i realize the the mindset changes it's it's made to me uh i'm a, I'm a little bit less trusting now but uh, i guess maybe that's a good thing I, i'm not sure 
what I've parlayed this into, and this was a couple months ago, was just this is the best motivation I've ever had in my life to to better myself. I, I do think I'm the kind of guy to kind of make sure that I'm always, you know, either progressing in my career or my relationships or in some shape or form developing a new skill, even though, uh, you know, I may not be learning carpentry or plumbing or anything cool like that. Maybe I'll pick up a new hobby. And so what I've been doing for the past three months at least is just working out. Uh, now, I'm not going to ever become like a bodybuilder, but I've gotten somewhere from 20% body fat down to 17.5, put on a little bit of muscle. Um, I'm using this $20 scale called Renfo that I got off of Amazon, and it's not the most accurate thing in the world, but at the very least, it can establish trends. And so I don't think, you know, it's like down to the decimal point, like, oh yeah, Nikki's got like this percentage body water in his body right now. But I've really been keeping track of how I've been doing. I look better. I just I just straight up look better. I don't know if you guys can see it in my face if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash Del Shampoo. Also, last episode, six months ago, I didn't have facial hair. So we've been growing that out a little bit. Um, I made the very amateur mistake of I was shaving with an electric razor for not shaving, but trimming for the first time at uh, at 26. I'm trimming instead of shaving. This is something you learn when you're, I feel, 16, 18, but I'm an Asian guy. I don't have that much facial hair. Um, I grew it out over quarantine. And so I didn't quite realize proper shaving technique. And so I made what I believe to be a very rookie mistake that men make early in their teenage years that I made at 26. And I was shaving and it, it's kind of covered up now because it's been about two weeks, but I forgot to put the guard to the razor back on the electric razor and I just ended up taking a chunk of my beard out which was super stupid of me um but luckily it's grown back and I've kind of like shaped up and, and trimmed it to, to make that a little bit less visible but I've grown facial hair now um I've just been I'm not going to be some beacon of health I don't think you should come to me with health advice but one of the one of the reasons I think that I've gotten into taking care of myself a little bit better is a being cheated on is fantastic motivation um but b I hear a lot of my friends talking about getting fit and people I follow on Twitch and YouTube and Twitter getting fit, especially card game players aren't the most healthy players in the world. Um, and some of them are real advocates for fitness. So having like little pieces of information thrown at you every day, like, all right, let's finally execute on it. So what I finally started doing was you just got to do it. I don't even know if I'm doing it correctly, but I just got to do it. So about six months ago, I just started getting on the exercise bike for 10 minutes. Just just let's get on it. Let's at least do something. Let's have no zero days, right? You got to take your rest days, but no zero days. Just get on the bike, get some exercise in. So I started doing that. I'm up to doing it to like 30 minutes to an hour a day. Uh, sometimes I go out and do like one to two hours of cardio, which is burning. I didn't realize how much water weight I had on my body, but um, I like, I just, sometimes I just go out and I do a lot of dancing. I play rhythm games. God forbid I run. I, I don't find that fun in any way. But I found that like cycling and running is made really tolerable by a $50 pair of wireless Bose headphones I got. I think those are the two best fitness purchases I made. Just a $50 pair of wireless headphones connects to your phone, gets a job done. You have them in your ear while you're running. It doesn't block out sound. But it, it still like gets the music in your ears, so you at least have something to listen to. Whether I put on a podcast, that's another reason I kind of wanted to put on a podcast because if you guys want to listen to this while you're working out, it's great motivation to hear someone talking about how well they've been doing, how much weight they've been losing, and like what new bench record they're getting. I'm not that I'm benching anything, but um, that's really motivational. So 
got a $50 pair of Bose headphones, got a $20 electronic scale, and I feel like $70, that, like that $70, and to be fair, the motivation that I've had uh, is really trying to, um, really, really makes me try to, to better myself. So I've gone down from about 193 pounds. I'm down to like 179, plus I put on a bit of muscle. Um, I have some dumbbells. I just ordered a new pair off of Amazon because I, I should be increasing the weight, but I haven't. I've just been increasing the reps and sets. But I got a new pair of dumbbells. Um, those are coming in like I do pretty much like bicep and delt exercises. And then I do a bunch of cardio. And it's not the perfect routine, but it's something that I do. And I think that's the most important thing is as long as you're not hurting yourself and going to like snap your back in half, I think you should go out and just, just do something. Um, I've also been like cutting down on the amount I eat out. I think about once a week at my boy Ryan's house, we have Korean barbecue night. So that's where I splurge a lot of red meat. So I get your protein in there. Um, and I've been cutting down on my sodium. So like in the morning, I have a regular meal schedule kind of now we're talking in the morning, you eat two to three eggs, no salt. You don't put any salt in it. I don't even put any pepper on them. You just throw the egg in the pan, pick them out. Eggs cook nearly instantly, eat those get to work somewhere midday. Um, I have a soylent and then a little bit later on, like I have a salad sometimes like an asshole eat an entire bowl at Chipotle, but I'll like split it into two meals. Um, that's what I did today. And then just drink only water, exclusively water and like no candy, no like, Oh yeah, let's just have like one little like donut hole. None of that. And I've been feeling a lot better. My sleep schedule is very regular now. It's to the point where I don't even need to set an alarm to get up, even though I still do just in case. So I don't miss my morning meetings, but I'll be up around from like 10 AM. I got honestly on the weekend, I got up at 11 AM because I'm kind of a lazy dick. I'm no beacon of health, but I just want to gloat a little bit. So, so give me something here, guys, but we're talking, yeah, going to bed somewhere around like 2 AM at the latest, waking up at 10 AM, making sure you get a solid eight hours. So you get those gains and then making sure that um, get up around 10, 11 AM and then do my work and having my life on a regimented schedule has been really good. And I'm really happy with the, uh, the consistency that I've been getting. And I hope that if something horrible happened to you guys, cause I know I'm not the only guy who's been cheated on in the world that this is, um, maybe motivation for you to do the same. I, I did not going to lie though. I took my couple weeks just feeling like absolute garbage, but, uh, you got to stay strong. And I've happy to report. I've been on a couple dates so far, still Still technically single, but um, it's it's really hard right now with the Rona going around. I'm trying to balance responsibility and going out and like not getting the Rona because there's those reports of the Rona giving you erectile dysfunction, which would defeat the purpose of me then getting a girlfriend. So I, I don't quite know where the balance is there. But I guess also since the last episode um, in February, I got vaccinated. Um, I've been waiting on that for literally forever. So I am very happy that that happened. Got two shots of Pfizer and somewhere around July, it was pretty safe. There was pretty much no COVID cases in my area of Northern California. August, it started getting pretty bad and, and it's peaking right now. I think Florida has hit a new record or something ridiculous like that. So I might start being careful. There have been a couple bars that I wanted to go to. Like there's one in San Jose um, this upcoming weekend, I believe, that's doing like an arcade dance night. And I feel like I need to be meeting new people. But also I don't want to get the Rona because getting sick sucks. Speaking of the Rona, um, for the past three days, I've actually been quarantined in this office. 
because my mother's been feeling a little sick and I don't know if she has a fever or the Rona. So I've just been sitting in here the entire time. Uh, this is like the third or fourth COVID scare that I've thought I've had, but uh, I, I feel like I, I should be fine. Even if she does have it, I've been trying to stay away wearing a mask in the house. And so I'm, I'm just trying to keep myself healthy. Um, I did take a trip in July to Colorado to see my friend Kitty. Uh, she lives out there now. And that was really, that was really cool to actually like, I know it sounds kind of dumb, but be on an airplane and go back out and traveling for the first time in my life. And I, I, I've flown on airplanes quite a bit. I'm not, you know, a world traveler or anything like that, but they didn't even check my, my bag. Like they didn't ask me to take out my switch and my laptop when I was at the airport. They just, Hey, put your stuff in the bin. We'll scan it, go through. All right, get out of here. Got on the plane, went over there, stayed over there for about a week. And this was over the summer. And I didn't realize that rain can occur over the summer as a Californian where everything's burning and on fire constantly and dry. Uh, so that was a change. I met a couple new cool people, um, some friends that I have now out in Colorado. I uh, played some Pokemon cards there, met some more people over there. And it was sick. And I would go back. But uh, I have to come back here to do work. That's one of the cool things of working from home was I was able to work there, do most of my work. Uh, and it was cool to get out of the house. And I'm not sure if I just either it's people being indoors for the Rona or if it's Colorado people are really friendly or if I just seem like a nice person to talk to. But everyone in Colorado was so nice to me and very talkative. I'm talking, I went to the drive through Again, I'm no beacon of health. I still do eat fast food. But I went through the drive-thru twice and people would just have a conversation with me while I was waiting for my food. You know, I'm up at the drive-thru at 1 a.m. because my friend Kitty, who works there out in Colorado, uh, I have to go pick her up because she works out late. We only have one car. And I go up to the drive-thru. People would just shoot the shit with me. Like I just, you know, stay there for five minutes. No one behind me. They're like, yeah, we're making your food. How's it going? Like, where are you from? Oh, yeah, my coworkers are making fun of me for this thing. I called... Someone, she called like a mango pineapple lemonade at Wendy's a Megan at one point. Her coworkers were all making fun of her for that. And people just stopping and shooting the shit with me. I'm out like at the Dollar Tree equivalent out there in Colorado. And people are like, hey, what you getting? Oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Like, I just moved here myself. The most freaky thing happened. So I judge uh, Pokemon events. I'm a, as nerdy as it sounds. I'm a licensed Pokemon judge. And I do that at a card shop out here in Northern California. I went out to Colorado to play there and I was introducing myself to the local judge there. And I'm, st I'm sitting there playing a game with her and 45 minutes pass by and there's this guy painting figurines right next to me. And he's just listening to us the whole time. He's by himself. And he apparently recognized me from my card shop in Northern California. I was giving him this mad deja vu because I would teach kids how to play back at our card shop here. And then I went out there and I was teaching this new judge how to play. And he's, he was like, he was looking at me for 45 minutes, just back and forth as he's painting his little figurine thinking this just, just seems so familiar. Like I recognize this guy. And I eventually said to the person I was playing with, like, yeah, I'm from California. I'm from this city. And he was like, bro, I'm from there too. Yeah. I moved out here to Colorado rent so much cheaper. And you know, we had that normal conversation that we have very often, but it was, it was great going out there and actually getting on an actual vacation that was back in July where there's pretty much no Rona cases. And now we're here in late August and I am being much more careful uh, about going out. It's still not super bad here. I know it's getting really bad in Colorado, but uh, it is 
not horrific to uh to go out back back then now it's now it's not looking too great anyway i should probably get to the gaming related news um but that's just what i've been doing for the past couple couple of months that's the reason i took the podcast down is because ultimately obviously being cheated on your girlfriend of two freaking years doesn't make you feel good at all um just felt like absolute garbage and uh, i'm in a much better position we're eating right we're going to bed on time and uh i mean i i I have a bit more time that is one that I think that's the hardest part about even any breakup, even a mutual breakup is you have more time to do things. And so I've picked up a, a couple new hobbies. One I'll talk about a little bit playing MetaZoo, but first I'll talk about Pokemon Unite. So Pokemon Unite came out. I wish I covered it when it was literally an early access game and you had to download it off the Japanese e-switch store, but uh, I have it now. I hit master. I think my peak was around like rank 7,500 in the world. Pretty much playing only Eldegoss. Now, Pokemon Unite is a game that you wouldn't have thought I would have picked up. It's antithetical to everything that I enjoy. I enjoy rhythm games, single-player games, and card games. Because those are all 1v1. If I lose, it's my fault or my opponent gas me out and they're insane. But I enjoy 1v1-style games where, where I control the battlefield, you know? Pokemon Unite is 5v5, which... I also don't even like MOBAs very much. I have a very, I'm ashamed to say, tiny experience with League of Legends. And I'm going to be honest, if I were from the outside looking in, just not a Pokemon fan, watching people play Pokemon Unite, I cannot for the life of me understand why the hell people play this game. Because it just seems like people yelling at their teammates, being angry, and just overall not having any fun. And so... I, I very much sympathize with, with some of that. I have gotten my fair share of AFK teammates in Pokemon Unite, which I can't feasibly understand why that would happen. It's a 10-minute game. At any point in time, I'm, I'm always saying this, I know what I'm doing 10 minutes from now. And if 10 minutes from now I cannot be sitting in my chair playing Pokemon Unite, I will simply just not start a game. It, it doesn't make any sense why people... People are AFKing. I know there's some people are disconnecting. Some people are just straight up throwing and it's just play it out, dude. Zapdos in Pokemon Unite is such a powerful comeback mechanic at the eight out of 10 minute mark of the game that there's no reason to forfeit unless you're losing and then you lose Zapdos. In that case, okay, let's save ourselves a minute or two here. But I, I don't understand why people in ranked mode, I'm talking about rank specifically, just, just throw and suck and go AFK. So that I can sympathize with, but there's... There's this this notion that, oh, it's always my teammates doing something wrong. It's always like, oh, that guy could have played better. And I feel like a lot of Pokemon Unite players and ranked players in general, I think this can apply to anything, whether it be Overwatch or League or Dota or any card game with a ranked mode, not PTCGO, no ranked mode yet still in 2021. But any any ranked mode game, right, I feel like there's bad teammates for sure and there's nothing you could have done but for the most part in let's say diamond rank you're going to be playing with other people who are about diamond and sure some diamonds are better than others but there's a bell curve to it and the average of your teammates should be about the same relative to the average of teammates on the other side this is assuming you're playing solo right or you're maybe even playing with duos and there's a couple solos your teammate should be about average skill if you play a large enough sample size of games. 
if your teammates always suck, you might be the person who sucks. It's kind of like if everyone's an asshole, you're probably an asshole. I am the only constant in every single one of my Pokemon Unite games. So even if I'm 10% better, I should slowly be able to edge my way up into the higher ranks. That's what I actually did. Not gonna lie, I did immediately drop $200 onto the game. I'm kind of at a point in my life where my time is more important than uh, than my money. I feel like that that's kind of on a scale, right? When you're in college, or especially when I was in like high school, middle school, right? I'd get home and play Call of Duty eight hours straight. No one, who cares, bro? I'll get my homework done in the middle of class. But I'm um, in college, you know, you get more homework. There's a long ass commute, a little bit less so. Now that I have a full-time job and uh, I'm doing many other things like trying to set aside one to two hours a day to work out. And then you got to take into account either like going to the gym or coming back or like taking a shower afterwards, right? Now my time is just way more important. And so I just, I'm just like, okay, because in Pokemon Unite, and I think this is a very bad system, but this is ultimately a mobile game. They're releasing it on phones in a little bit. You can level up your items from one to 30 and your items get objectively better when you go from one to 30. They're just straight up better. It's a half percent higher cooldown or like 10% more health or something like that. And some of them even gain like pretty big bonuses when you hit level 20. I don't really, I don't like that system at all, but it's a system that either does one of two things. A, keeps you there grinding because it becomes exponentially harder uh, on levels 20 to 30 to start leveling things up. Or you have to just drop a, drop $200, which, you know, I, look, I'm, I'm a gigantic Pokemon fan. If you're watching on twitch.tv slash shampoo, you can see just the tons of Pokemon stuff behind me. Uh, so I just I just threw $200 at it right away. Let's get the best items. People say it's pay to win. I like to think of it as pay to not lose because it's ultimately an arms race. If we all agree to just not use these items that make you objectively better, then it's an even playing field. If we all pay for these items, then it's the same thing, right? We, we now have all drained a bunch of money. So I feel like it's paid to not lose in that way. If everyone does it, then now we're again on an equal playing field. I cannot pay more to win. I can pay for skins and stuff, but you guys know I don't even put camos on my guns in Call of Duty anymore. Uh, so that, I'm not going to lie, probably did play into me hitting master. I know I know there are top-ranked players and players out there who have hit master without having max-level items like I do, but it is objectively better to have level 30 items over even, say, level 20 items it's kind of like you can drive a car and not wear a seatbelt and still be fine and still be okay and still make it back home safely, but that wasn't the most safe way to do it. I think what's up for debate is how impactful it actually is. Um, that is, I think, what you can kind of debate. But what I don't think you can debate is that you are objectively going to be better at the game if you have higher ranked items. I, I really don't like. I like games like the Pokemon trading card game, where I have 60 cards, you have 60 cards. We built the same deck. I don't necessarily have, you know, more or better cards than you. They do a pretty decent job of balancing things, at least at the high level. I mean, you can just open a bunch of packs and then throw together all the same color cards together and call that a deck, and you'll probably get your ass beat. Um, but Pokemon cards is more about outmaneuvering someone, right? Assuming you guys have equal decks, and it's a very affordable 
um, trading card game. It's the most affordable trading card game to get into. I think the most expensive decks can cost about $200, whereas I know their Yu-Gi-Oh cards that alone cost $200. Our staple cards in Pokemon cost $5, Crobat V, Tops. And so there's a little bit less of a money aspect and more of a, all right, I didn't just buy you know, a super expensive, powerful card to beat you. We're playing you know, a 60-card deck. Now, of course, there are going to be children, and I have run into children playing Pokemon cards. I just steamrolled them because they didn't they didn't go on TCG Player and drop $100 buying their cards. Uh, but I like pretty much what I'm saying is I like games that are even. You know, I like I have a $200 deck, you have a $200 deck. That's the cap. You know, there are great decks out there that are also like $50. Uh, I want a couple events with a $50 deck. You can very much do it. And so just because you spent more, right, a $200 deck versus my $50 deck doesn't mean you're necessarily better in the card game, whereas... In Pokemon Unite, you are just objectively better, and the amount of grinding you need to level things up is horrible. So I really don't like that about the game, but um, I did manage to solo my way with a 12-win streak up from Ultra, which is the second highest rank, to Masters. And I've kind of stopped playing the game at this point. I, I just don't like MOBAs, to be completely honest. It does feel very casual and, for lack of a better term, dumbed down than League or Dota, even though I don't really understand League or Dota. I really like how they're putting new characters out often and patching and balancing the game often and it feels great to have a ranked mode because holy crap does the pokemon trading card game not have a ranked mode? i can't believe how big of a franchise pokemon is and the trading card game online does not have a ranked mode meanwhile le- is it legends of runeterra the riot league of legends card game hearthstone i don't know if the Yu-Gi-Oh card game has one but magic arena they all have these beautiful animations and and all that and we just I, I enjoyed playing ranked mode because similar to working out, I'm addicted to seeing numbers change. I like seeing my weight go down or my muscle mass go up or like, you know, stuff like that. My body fat percentage go down. And I like seeing the little number on Pokemon Unite ranked going up. Um, and so that's why I found it a lot of fun to do. But it is super grindy and it's free. Free to start, I think, is the term that Nintendo uses. But I did enjoy my time with it. I, I, for the life of me, though, don't understand why some people play it. And they're just constantly shouting at bad teammates. Bro, just stop playing if the game makes you that mad. I I understand that, you know, sometimes teammates are bad. But if they're bad all the time, you probably suck. I'm, I I feel like these streamers I, I watch sometimes were just nonstop shouting at Pokemon Unite. Uh, need to either take a chill pill or play a different game. All right. Anyway, uh, let's talk a little bit about, about MetaZoo. So MetaZoo is a new card game that I've started playing out of spite. It, I guess this is a common trend with me. I, I do a lot of things out of spite. I've started working out out of spite and I started playing MetaZoo out of spite. So I was at a card shop, uh, my local card shop one day playing Pokemon. There was no joke, about a hundred people. And keep in mind, there's only like 12 people who play Pokemon. There's about a hundred people coming in and out buying MetaZoo cards. And I had no idea what this was. And my card shop was selling MetaZoo cards at retail. About $100 for this booster box that I'm showing live on Twitch. But booster box has, uh, I forget if in Pokemon it's 36 packs. I forget if MetaZoo is 30 or 36, but it has a bunch of packs basically. And they were selling them at $100. People are flipping these on eBay for $600 a piece. So I had two lines of thinking. I went up to the counter because I was already there playing Pokemon cards. And I bought... A set of cards myself and and my two lines of thinking were 
A, fuck these scalpers. I'm going to at least ruin one person's day by buying myself a set because there is a limit one per person. And two, maybe someone will sit down and play with me. Spoiler alert, no one sat down to play with me. Literally everyone is flipping this card game. At first, I thought it was a money laundering scheme. And actually, I still in some way do think it's a money laundering scheme. Not in that the creators of the card game are to pump and dump it, like make everyone super excited about it and then not support it anymore. I do think the developers are passionate about it. It's a little sus that the Discord only has like two or 3,000 people in it. Yet I saw a hundred people at my own local card shop buying these cards. But uh, I know there's a big flipper and big reselling uh, industry around this, which I think is just a great, great argument for universal basic income. We, we can't, we can't have people doing this all the time. I, I can respect the hustle to some extent. The math makes sense. Buy a hundred, sell 600. That just makes a lot of sense to me. But it's a shitty thing to do still, whether it be with graphics cards or PS5s or MetaZoo cards. The majority of people are flipping MetaZoo cards. And so I bought myself a set because I thought someone would play with me. And I thought that maybe like I could at least take one away from a scalper. And so I actually went to two MetaZoo events so far. One had four people and one had, I think, about 12. And I realized I got first place at my most recent event. I did the math. I got, I got about... $140? No, way more than that. So I got a deck to play with, which is about $60. And then in prizing, I got about $140 worth of packs if I were to resell them with a $25 entry fee because I got first place out of 12. And that math just worked. Now, Nikki's internal moral compass says a couple things. A, don't cheat. And B, it's, it's fine to play with the cards. It's not fine to sell them. But what if... You use the cards to earn more cards to trade for even more cards, whether it be like Pokemon or other MetaZoo cards. And that, that in my mind is cool. I don't know if that logically makes sense. I feel like that's adding more steps to, to justify eventually making money off it. But I feel like I earned it, right? I got first place in this event. I earned a ton of money in packs, even though I'm not going to sell them. Even if I were to sell them actually at MSRP, I think I would actually still have made more money than my entry fee. And for what it's worth, the card game is really interesting. So I'm not going to get super deep into it. But MetaZoo is called MetaZoo because it has cryptids. And cryptids are, I guess, animals and mythical creatures from lore. Uh, there's things like, I'm not too familiar with any of them. I don't know if I'm uncultured, but beasties and like things like the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot are in the game. I know Bigfoot's in the game. I'm not sure if the Loch Ness Monster is yet. And like Salem witches and things like that in lore, which make people kind of nostalgic for it. I don't know if that's the right word because MetaZoo is a new IP, but uh, that's the zoo part of it. The meta part is there are fourth wall effects. So things that exist in your real life surroundings impact the game. Now, the way this works is in a competitive setting in like a true like 1v1 competitive setting is you just declare what those effects are between you and your opponent. But the way it works in a casual setting is hilarious. There's effects where if you're not wearing pants, you can't play a certain card. So I think shorts constitute not pants because a pant of a pants are like the long parts that cover your thighs and your, your shins and stuff. So if you're wearing shorts, that doesn't necessarily count as pants. Or if you're wearing a dress, that wouldn't count as pants. If you're like drinking a bottle or if you're drinking a beverage at all, the desert creatures or the earth creatures, uh, one of them doesn't do attacks. There's one if you're playing near a volcano, 
this does extra damage. If there's a train nearby, it does extra damage. So it's kind of interesting in that way. If it's snowing outside, it does extra damage. And there are cards that can um, add things to the environment that don't exist. So there's like a snowing card. If it's not snowing outside, you could play a card that says it's snowing. It literally just says it's snowing, a terrain card. And that'll give you your boost of damage. If you're playing at nighttime, you can get a nighttime boost. But if you're playing in the daytime, you can put a nighttime card in your deck and then get extra damage that way. I know it sounds really nerdy, but it's hilarious what I'm about to do. Uh, if you guys have known me for a long period of time, Nikki is a win-at-all-costs kind of guy. I am an absolute sweaty tryhard, for better or worse. And so what I've done is I'm building a deck, and there's a couple effects in the deck that I want to manipulate in real life in order to, to do things like do more damage or beat my opponent. So one of the things I did was I bought a bonsai tree, because if there's a, a, a fallen tree within eyesight of the of the area you're playing, you do extra damage. So I literally bought a fake bonsai tree that like disconnects from the, the planter that it's in. And I'll have that on the table while I'm playing. And you're totally allowed to do this. You're 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 a maniac if you if you are doing this. But again, I'm a win at all costs kind of guy. So I bought a bonsai tree. Um, I'm playing a fire deck, so uh, if there's a fire in your vicinity, then um, you do extra damage as well. So I'm going to have a lighter in my pocket, and I'm, I'm going to try to figure out how to light a fire in a card shop without getting kicked out. Um, or, maybe, or maybe the judge will just let me show the lighter, but like, I swear to God, it works. There's gas in here. Um, and the other, I did something else ridiculous. Oh, uh, if I'm playing near a volcano, then uh, one of my cards does 125 damage and... MetaZoo is played off of life points, so you have a thousand life points, and uh, you do 125 extra damage, which is 12.5% towards winning the game if you're playing near a volcano. So I went on Amazon and I found a $10 model volcano kit that like pushes out the little goo is to like teach kids in the third grade how volcanoes work. So I'm going to build that um, before the event on Sunday, and I'll have a fake volcano with me. And uh, will I look like an absolute psychopath? Absolutely. But do I want to win another couple hundred dollars of packs with my $25 entry fee at all costs? As long as it's within the rules and I'm not cheating anyone out of something, I'm absolutely going to do it. So it's a cool new card game. Uh, product, I wouldn't recommend getting into it because product is super scarce. I just bought a 300, I, I know I just explained how staple cards in Pokemon are like five to $7. I just bought a staple card on eBay for $350. I think with tax, it's like $390 after shipping. That's one staple card that I bought. And uh, there's only a thousand of them in the world. So if I, this Sunday, sit across the table from someone who also has that card, you're gonna, I'm going to know to take them seriously because there's only 1,000 of those cards currently in the world. Uh, so I wouldn't recommend getting into MetaZoo. But uh, because I am playing it purely out of spite so that scalpers can't have packs, I'm trying to earn the packs so that I can have them and maybe trade them to some other players and take them off the scalper market. So uh, if there's, I guess, one thing to be learned from here, it's that, uh, I don't know, I just, this isn't a good idea, but uh, you can watch me do it and not actually do it yourself. All right, I think we still have time to talk about we have a couple things I still need to talk about. The Twitch blackout is happening on September 1st. So I'm sure you guys have heard there's a ton of harassment going on on the Twitch platform. 
I'm going to tell my own story first. Let's make this about me. This is my own podcast. Killer's not even here. Way back in the day when I used Stream Evolve, I mean, even before I streamed Evolve, Destiny, The Last of Us, I have run the gauntlet of hate. Obviously, no one killed me, but I have gotten death threats before, and my reasoning behind it has always been the same. First off, don't send people death threats. Second off, if you're going to make the accusation that, Nikki, I hate you, I hate your guts, I'm going to kill you at TwitchCon, how many people, do? You, how many streamers do you think you can kill specifically, right? Not if you just hate all streamers, I'm sure you can like spray and pray, no Russian Modern Warfare 2 style into a crowd. But if you just wanted to kill specific streamers, how are you going to get all of them in the same place to take them all out? If you just want to kill me, that that's unrealistic. I feel like there's so many other bigger streamers on the platform that you wouldn't just want to kill me. So if you're going to use your one kill on me before security catches you, please don't, but by all means. So I, I didn't really think that anyone was going to take me out at TwitchCon. I wasn't going to accept random drinks from random people. You know, I was going to make sure to keep my head on a swivel, make sure there's no like maniac running at me with a knife. But ultimately, a lot of it, uh, not all of them, mind you, but a lot of them are empty threats. And if you wanted to kill three Twitch streamers, I feel like actually getting all three of them would be really hard. Like you'd get one and then get arrested before you got the other two, unless you plan to like blow up the building or something. Um, but overall, don't kill Twitch streamers. I've gotten that before. Um, I've definitely been DDoS before. I've had people um, threaten me in other ways, you know, whether it be killing me at TwitchCon, um, you know, taking down my internet. And the authorities are super, super not that intelligent. I have called my local, and this is something I recommend people do if they can. I realize that this advice might not actually apply to, to other minorities. I'm Filipino myself, for those of you listening on Spotify or iTunes. Um, but I know this might not work for other minorities, and some some people may not feel comfortable calling the cops. But what I do know some people do is they alert their local police department. They say, hey, I'm an internet personality. If someone calls and says something bad, usually the way swatting happens is they say, Hello, my name is Nicky Michelle Shampoo, and I'm about to kill my girlfriend. Ha ha, idiot. They, there's no way they believe that I'm single. But I'm going to kill my girlfriend unless you get over here right now and bring me $10,000. That's why they send the SWAT team over. And it was someone else impersonating Nikki from Stale Shampoo. First of all, terrible impersonation. I, I, I'm not dating anyone. But if... You, uh, if they do hear that, the cops go over to your house, you know, guns blazing, someone's at risk of being shot. The cops in America aren't the most trigger disciplined cops in the world, to put it uh, lightly. And so that's how swatting works. I know people have called their local police department and said, hey, if you get a call saying that I am murdering someone, please call this number to verify that real quick because this is a, this is a common prank now. And this is something I actually studied uh, back in college. I actually wrote a report on it. And, and it's a little bit more well-known now. And, and police departments are a little bit more willing to comply now that it's been done a couple of times. That people have been taking a trial for swatting. Uh, but it's still not a foolproof way to keep yourself safe. Um, I know Drifter, a good friend of mine, has had people live stream with firearms showing up outside of his house. Which he's very public about this. Is one reason why he moved. And so the whole... Twitch boycott happening on September 1st um, is being done with the premise that Twitch is not doing enough. Uh, for those of you watching with the new graphics that I made on Twitch.tv at Cell Shampoo, the uh, Twitch has replied with a statement 
We've seen a lot of conversation about botting, hate raids, and other forms of harassment targeting marginalized creators. You're asking us to do better, and no, we need to do more to address these issues. That includes an open and ongoing dialogue about creator safety. No one should have to experience malicious and hateful attacks. Hate spam attacks are the result of highly motivated bad actors and do not have a simple fix. Your reports have helped us take action. We've been continually updating our site-wide ban word filters to prevent variations on hateful slurs and removing bots when identified. We've been building a channel-level ban evasion detection and account improvements to combat this malicious behavior for months. However, as we work on solutions, bad actors work in parallel to find ways around them, which is why we can't always share details. In the meantime, please keep reporting these egregious attacks. This is a statement Twitch released over on Twitter, on the Twitch uh, Twitch account, or the Twitch Twitter account, man, that's hard to say, on August 20th. And so a lot of people think that Twitch isn't doing enough. And one of the arguments is use Twitch's built-in tools to stop these hate raids. There are... I'm sure you can think of many different words that people don't want said in their Twitch chats. Millions of different variations. I I saw a little Twitter post where Twitch's chat supports uh, many different languages and you can substitute English letters for letters that look similar in those other languages. Cyrillic, Hebrew, Latin. You can even do numbers, the number three for the letter E. If you were to take all the permutations of say, bigger, but not that word, and change the letters, whether it be using different languages or numbers or adding another letter, there's millions of different combinations and the feasibility of a streamer sitting there and typing in a nightbot and their banned filters or their banned words, every single one of those words is just not possible. I know that these bots are now able to get past um, things like follower-only mode, Things like uh, email verification. You have to verify your email to um, be able to chat on Twitch. And so some of these basic things that people are doing are not stopping these bots. And they're being targeted more than just in their chats. Back in you know the Evolve days, the extent of it that I saw was during a big Evolve competition that I was commentating, uh, a bunch of people popped into the chat. Again, I was producerless, which is something that maybe I should be more mindful of. But I didn't have any moderators online at the time, and we got hit by 200 people. Um, and they were saying sentences that kind of made sense, but were very clearly generated by a bot, uh, things that I probably shouldn't repeat on the stream. And it would have been too hard for me to stop commentating, stop watching the action. For those of you who hadn't played Evolve, it's a very fast-paced game, and delete or ban every single one of those bots. Just not a feasible thing for me to do. And for a moderation team who probably isn't paid, a lot of moderators, Keeler will speak up on this behalf if she were here, don't get paid. And even if they do get paid, probably don't get paid anywhere near minimum wage to take care of these bots. So that was just not good for my chat. And that does impact my income, but it's not as bad as getting Nazi, Nazi Nazi profile picture raids. Basically, when you raid someone, on Twitch, you could see their profile picture. And so people have been raiding people on Twitch with Nazi flags, which would then appear in their chat. And obviously that probably shouldn't be happening. And that goes even further with people threatening to dox people, threatening to go find them and kill them at their homes, I'm sure. And so that's what the September 1st protest is is about. We've seen these kinds of protests done before, whether it be on Twitch or other websites 
Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the OnlyFans exodus in a little bit, which is another thing that people are boycotting on the internet. Is it going to be effective? I'm going to be honest, probably not. A lot of larger Twitch streamers I know are not partaking. And this is it's just a tiny, tiny drop in the bucket for Twitch to lose. Uh, some of these creators, even if you have 100 concurrent viewers, which is a lot, that easily puts you in the top 1% of Twitch. Twitch has many other activations and areas of revenue, whether it be Twitch rivals or, of course, their most gigantic gargantuan streamers who are pulling six-digit, five-digit followers. If they don't jump in on this, Twitch isn't going to see a, a massive impact. The, the whole reason behind this boycott and the whole reason behind any boycott in general is to hit them in their wallet, to make them listen. And I feel like Twitch is, is doing what they can, but ultimately they're going to serve themselves. Drifter and his little story that he told mentioned that he reported someone on Twitch. And I saw, I saw the live stream and the footage myself for going to his house with a gun. And Twitch replied back, and I'm summarizing his story. They didn't want to take action against that person because they didn't want further violence to be incited against him or Twitch staff. And that that's Drift, Drifter has a million, I think a million plus on YouTube. He's regularly packing hundreds of concurrent viewers on Twitch, and they wouldn't protect him. A bunch of small streamers getting offline for a day. You know, I, I do think that they're well within their rights to do this boycott. But uh, ultimately, platforms like Twitch and OnlyFans don't give a shit about you unless you're Pokimane or unless you're someone pulling a mad amount of views. And speaking of OnlyFans, last topic I'll address today because I want to go play Cold War with the boys. OnlyFans, now there's a misconception about this when I've heard other people report this story. OnlyFans is not banning lewd and nude work on their platform. They are restricting sex work. And I, I don't really know what that means uh, or where the line is drawn, whether it be toys or whether it be acts between two people or, or somewhere in between. But OnlyFans is not going to be allowing uh, people to fuck on the site anymore. Um, MasterCard wanted to review and live moderate live streams on OnlyFans to continue payment processing. I know there's been a little bit of back and forth with MasterCard saying, yo, Nah, OnlyFans did this on their own. And some other people saying like, nah, OnlyFans is getting pressured by MasterCard. And just using the sniff test and one of my favorite rules of thumb, if it doesn't make money, it doesn't make sense. Obviously, this is a bad business move. We've seen what happens when porn left Tumblr. Porn leaving OnlyFans, no one thought that this was a good idea. OnlyFans has seen this coming a little bit. Um, I briefly mentioned to some of my friends that I wanted to syndicate the only access, uh, the only access, the early access podcast on OnlyFans when they announced OnlyFans TV. And they released a quote right before they released OnlyFans TV, their safe for work content creation site to kind of go along and sister OnlyFans, which is mainly not safe for work stuff. They said an OnlyFans representative, OnlyFans will always be an inclusive home for all creators, including adults. Right after they said that, they released OnlyFans TV, which is going to be their safe work alternative. It looked like sex workers were going to be okay for a little bit to continue making their livelihoods on OnlyFans. The news came out shortly after that, that that was not going to be the case. And I think this is pressure for MasterCard overall. Again, if it doesn't make money, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for OnlyFans to take away. They're going to take away sex work. They're going for a $1 billion evaluation, I believe it is. Is it billion with a B? This is what happens when we don't have producer killer on the show. But they're going for a gigantic evaluation. It doesn't make sense for them to 
build themselves off of the backs of sex workers and then not continue to support them. Makes no sense at all. It is pressure from MasterCard. I don't know if Visa's also in it also, but those are the two vendors that pretty much control most credit cards uh, out there, at least in America. And it's very unfortunate. I know a lot of creators. I personally know of a lot of a lot of creators who do OnlyFans and Patreon. Patreon was the first one, right? Patreon, OnlyFans. I know a lot of creators who do lewd and uh, sex work. And I know a lot of those creators are now moving to just for dot fans, which I didn't know was number two in traffic only to OnlyFans, just for uh, dot fans paying out 80 to 85% of their revenue to creators. Twitch only does 50-50, by the way, which is terrible because you have to take taxes into account as well. So out of that 50% creators get, part of that goes to their federal and state taxes, or I don't know how taxes work in Europe. But just for .fans, 80-85% to creators, of course, they're paying that in taxes as well. They're only number two traffic to OnlyFans. It'll be interesting to see if creators move over there. I know uh, some of my friends personally have moved over to FanHouse, and FanHouse seems not safe for work, but not quite as not safe for work for OnlyFans. It seems more lewd than OnlyFans. I'm not too familiar with FanHouse, um, but that is an alternative people are going to. Also, uh, one point I saw brought up on Twitter that's really important is some of these some of these workers are still going to need support. I'm I'm very obviously on the side of sex work is work. Um, people should, as long as no one's getting hurt, as long as everyone's down, everyone's consenting, do whatever the hell you want. As long as you're over 18, let's get it going. Uh, but some of these creators are going to be able to stay on OnlyFans. I think that's one of the things people aren't reporting correctly on the story is the creators who are doing lewd and nude work and not necessarily sexual work can stay on the OnlyFans platform for now. And those creators, if you if you stop supporting OnlyFans, those creators will then lose their revenue also. And I think this all just ties back to one of the um, ultimate and most important rules of being an online content creator, and that's diversifying your content. I, if I ever were to become a, you know, lose my job and become a full-time content creator again, the Early Access Podcast is a way for me to centralize and, you know, kind of keep my personality at the forefront of what I'm doing. Whereas before, when I played Evolve, Evolve was at the forefront. People didn't stick around when Evolve died. The Last of Us, same thing. People didn't stick around when The Last of Us died. The Early Access Podcast is a way I can kind of centralize and get people here listening to actually me for me. And it's on an RSS feed. It can be syndicated to Spotify, iTunes, OnlyFans TV, wherever the hell I want to put it. And so that's important to do, whether you be a TikToker, right? You saw Vine go down, whether you be a YouTuber, and I don't think the behemoth that is YouTube will ever go down, but very well could be. You can get banned from YouTube or Twitter or whatever. Uh, you got to be putting your platforms and your content, uh, your, your content on lots of different platforms. And it's very unfortunate for these creators who are making a legitimate living. It's not easy to, to do this kind of work. I mean, I actually, while the Early Access podcast was down, had a semi-viral TikTok. I, I spent a couple hours working. I think I only got over a little, seven, a little over 70,000 views, but boosted up my TikTok quite a bit. Um, there, it's a lot of work. I don't have the motivation because I have a full-time job to create content on a daily basis. If you think about sex work on top of that, they got to keep themselves looking good. If I'm going to, if I decide to stop and throw away all that workout talk I did at the beginning of the show, start eating Cheetos, making myself super fat, then, you know, that that impacts my business if I were a sex worker, right? They're 
They got to keep themselves looking good. They're constantly shooting, buying outfits, right? Editing. God forbid this is, in my opinion, the scariest. But talking to those weirdos in their DMs. 99% of you, I'm sure, are fucking freaks. And, I mean, it's your money. But most of you are weirdos. Not Maybe not 99%. I'm sure there's some normal guys in there just trying to just trying to get what they need done done. But that is I look, man, I've I've read some of the unsolicited messages on other platforms with some of you guys are just super weird. But that's beside the point. Um it's very unfortunate. We'll see how the story develops. And uh yeah, that is about it. That's all I got to talk about this week on the Early Access podcast. I will try to be bringing it back at 8 p.m. every Tuesday on twitch.tv/stellashampoo. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for hanging out on the stream. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, iTunes, leave us a review, 8 p.m. PT, twitch.tv slash Hopefully I can eventually get Cooler back, but it's been the Early Access Podcast. Thank you guys for watching. It's been your host, Nicky Shampoo, and we will see you all some other time.